0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively here as always on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I, of course, am your host, the Renegade J.J. Williams, and today we're going to pick up the mummy story back where we left off the first sequel, and we're going to discuss 1940s The Mummy's Hand, starring Dick Ferran. Peggy Moran, Wallace Ford, George Zuko, Cecil Kellaway, and Tom Tyler in the role of Karis the Mummy. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me here once again for another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. And like I said during the introduction, today we're going to pick up the Mummy story. It's been eight years since the boris karloff mummy and this is the first sequel in that franchise with tom tyler in the role of karis the mummy as opposed to imhotep and our movie opens in egypt as andoheb travels to the hill of the seven jackals in order to answer the royal summons of the high priest of karnak the dying priest of the sect imparts the story of Karis to Andoheb, which involves the theft of sacred tana leaves, which can restore life to the deceased princess Anaka, whom Karis secretly loves. Karis's penalty upon being discovered was to be buried alive without a tongue. And the tana leaves were buried with him. During the cycle of the full moon, the fluid from the brew of the tana leaves is to be administered to the creature in order to help keep him alive. It takes three leaves to just keep him alive. Now, should the spoilers enter the tomb of the princess, a fluid of nine. Tana leaves, will restore full movement to the mummy. Meanwhile, in 1940, a down-on-his-luck archaeologist named Steve Banning and his sidekick, Babe Jensen, discover the remnants of a broken vase in a Cairo bazaar. Steve is convinced that it is an authentic, ancient, Egyptian relic, and his interpretation of the hieroglyphics on the piece lead him to believe that it contains clues to the location of Princess Anaka's tomb. With the support of the eminent Dr. Petrie of the Cairo Museum, but against the wishes of Andoheb, who is also employed by the museum. Steve seeks funds for his expedition. Steve and Babe end up meeting an American magician, the great Salvani, who agrees to fund their quest. However, Salvani's daughter, Marta, is not as convinced. Thanks in part to a prior visit from Endoheb. Who brands the two young archaeologists as frauds. The expedition departs in search of the Hill of the Seven Jackals, with the Silvanis tagging along. In their explorations, they stumble upon the tomb of Charis, finding the mummy along with the Tana leaves, but they find nothing to indicate the existence of Princess Anakas' tomb, and Doheb appears to Doctor Petrie inside of the mummy's cave, and has the surprised scientist feel the creature's pulse. After administering the tana brew from nine leaves, the mummy quickly dispatches Petrie and escapes with Doheb through a secret passageway to the temple on the other side of the mountain. The mummy. Continues his periodic marauding about the camp, killing an Egyptian overseer and eventually attacking Salvani and kidnapping Marta. Steve and Babe set out to track Karis down, with Babe going around the mountain and Steve attempting to follow the secret passage that they have discovered inside of the tomb. But Andoheb has plans of his own. Enthralled, by Marta's beauty, and Doheb plans to inject himself and Marta with the tana fluid, thereby making them both immortal. Babe arrives just in the nick of time and guns down in Doheb outside of the temple, while Steve attempts to rescue Marta. However, Karis appears on the scene, and Steve's bullets have no effect on the immortal creature. Marta overheard Andohab tell the secret of the Tana fluid and tells Stephen Babe that Karis must not be allowed to drink any more of the serum. So when the mummy raises the Tana serum to his lips, Babe shoots the container from his grasp, causing him to drop it to the floor. And Karis attempts to ingest the spilled life-going liquid. Steve seizes the opportunity to overturn a brazier onto the mummy, engulfing it into flames. And our movie ends as the members of the expedition happily head back to the United States with the mummy of Anaka and the spoils of her tomb. In some ways, I feel that this film was actually a little bit better than The Karloff Mummy. And it's very rare that a sequel is superior to the original. We discussed it a little bit with Bride of Frankenstein. And while I feel that the acting in this one was a little bit campier, I mean, Wallace Ford, who played Babe, very much to me came off as a hybrid of Joe Pesci and Lou Costello. And I'm not talking Joe Pesci like the straight-up gangster Joe Pesci from, like, Goodfellas and Casino and all that stuff. I'm talking more like The Super and Home Alone and some of his more comedic roles where he tries to convey that tough guy image that he's known for for the casinos and the Goodfellas and those type of films, the mob movies. But it just doesn't come off the same. It comes off like, dude, you're like five foot nothing. No, I, I don't trust you as a tough guy. No, I don't believe you. Babe tries to come off as that tough guy. But he ends up coming more off like Lou Costello, who we'll get into a little bit later in the month with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. It just... It was fun watching him. He was probably my favorite character of the whole movie, if I'm being honest. I did enjoy the fact that in the beginning of this film, we got the story of Karis, Which was one of my gripes about the Karloff mummy, is that we had to wait like 40 minutes through the story before we got the story of Imhotep and how he became a mummy. We're getting the story of Keris in the first like five to ten minutes. And I liked that because now you've set up who Karis is, why he's doing what he's doing. And it makes you connect a little bit more with the creature. Not necessarily make him sympathetic because you don't want your monsters to all be sympathetic. You want them to be monsters. But you care more because you understand their motives. So I did like that. Um, Tom Tyler, I thought, did a decent job as the mummy. You know, he actually was in a mummy costume for the majority of the film, whereas Karloff as Imhotep, by the time we meet him, he's been unraveled and he looks like a human. You know, he's walking, he's talking. He's distinguished. He comes off very much as a humanoid creature. Tom Tyler is a mummy wrapped in bandages the entire film. So I kind of liked that development of it. You know, some historians are going to be like, wow, really? You you really seem to enjoy this one more than the original. And like I said, in a lot of ways I do. This one was definitely campier. I will give it that. The acting was a little bit more over the top, but we're in the 40s now. You know, it's not going to be all the same as the 30s. We're in a new decade. And things are going to begin to evolve from here as we continue going through the Universal Monsters. So with that being said, when it comes to my rating for The Mummy's Hand, which maybe that's the one thing that I can gripe on, is I don't really understand why it was called The Mummy's Hand. It had nothing to do with a hand or even using the term as like assistant, you know, someone who lends a hand, gives a hand, you know, a hired hand. Nothing like that. So I I don't really get the title. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And I feel like I would rather sit down and rewatch this one at any given time as opposed to sitting down and rewatching the Karloff one, if I'm being 100% honest. It's not a five star movie by any stretch, but I think I'm going to give this one four out of five. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. And I had never seen it. I have never seen any of the movies in the mummy line before. So all of these are new to me. And I really enjoyed this film for what it was. It was a decent sequel. We have three more mummy sequels that we're going to get to. Plus the Abbott and Costello meet the mummy movie. That we'll touch on in the next 18 days, 19 days over the course of the month. And I felt like this was a good way to pick up the story and move it forward. A little bit of progression is a little bit of the same. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the backstory of what happened to Karis very much is the same stuff that happened in Hotep. Different reasoning. Pretty much reshot footage because it's a different actor. But scenes and everything are very similar. But it's where they went from it and where they established it in the timeline of the movie that I just feel make the movie flow better. Four out of five stars for me when it comes to The Mummy's Hand. I'm curious, what do you guys think out there? Those of you that have seen it. Pop, I know you're watching this. because you watch all of these Universal Monster movies for me? I'm curious to know what you think of The Mummy's Hand. And if you've got to go back and rewatch it before you let me know, do that, because I'm curious. But four out of five stars for me, what do you guys think? Those of you out there that have seen it before, that are watching the premiere, leave your thoughts and comments over here. Those of you that are watching it on demand, later in the day, leave your thoughts and comments down here. Whatever you do, though, when you get out there on social media, let's try to get those hashtags trending. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios. Hashtag Renegades Reviews. Hashtag Renegade Returns. And of course, the ever popular Hashtag Shenanigans. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, Merchandising. Where the real money's made. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. Right back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel for another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. and we take a look at my favorite universal monster of all time, 1941's The Wolfman, starring Lon Chaney Jr., Claude Rains, Warren William, Ralph Bellamy, Evelyn Ankers, Bela Lugosi, Maria Ospinkaya, and Patrick Knowles. You're not going to want to miss out on that one tomorrow. Right back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel. Right back here on an all-new Renegades Reviews when I sink my teeth into the Wolfman. To all my loyal fans and viewers out there tuning in for the premiere, leaving your thoughts and comments over here, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Likewise, all my loyal fans and viewers out there tuning in just a little bit later in the day, watching on demand, leaving your thoughts and comments down here. Thank you very much. I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate all my loyal fans and viewers out there that tune in on a regular basis. Show me that love. Show me that support. Go back to the archives. Watch those old episodes of Renegade of Wrestling. Dad's on Wrestling. After the Bell with Jeff Meacham. Scatboy Rants, the old audio format version of Renegades Reviews from its first run. Going back to the archives, like I said, watching those, trying to help me boost up my viewership hours so I can eventually get monetized and get some money coming in on this venture. Thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in today and joining me, and I will see you guys next time.